All right, it's almost Frosty Fest. You guys excited? Fantastic, fantastic. So this is, believe it or not, somehow the 10th anniversary of Frosty Fest. 10 years we've been doing winter carnivals. Uh, I'm going to show you a clip in a minute of uh, part of the documentary that the Transformer World folks uh, made about Branford. And I'm going to show you the clip that we've played, I mean, literally in, uh, well, let's see, how many continents? We've had North America, we've had Asia, we've had Africa, Europe. I'm not saying we showed it. It's been showed in, uh, in, in almost every continent in the world this documentary and God, God, he didn't, when we started Freedom House 15 years ago, we had no idea that winter carnivals were going to be such a part of our life. We prayed this morning with our volunteer team that showed up for, um, for our, our very beginning of, uh, our setup today. And it was a really powerful thing. In fact, praying together before we start serving is one of my favorite times. It really is because you get the people that are there like speak. So we believe that God speaks. Do you guys believe that God speaks? Do you believe God speaks to us? Yeah. Is Sam here? Sam's back there. So Sam this morning, uh, we, we prayed. Aaron prayed a very eloquent prayer. I prayed a very eloquent, uh, eloquent prayer. And then Sam got a picture of an old Julian Smith YouTube clip from nine years ago. This is a nine-year-old. Does anybody know who Julian Smith is? Anybody? There's a few of you. Okay, so a nine-year-old Julian Smith YouTube clip. This will be brand new revelation. So this, okay. So I want to show you this clip. This is, a, this is the thing that Sam got a picture of this morning as we were praying for Frosty Fest. Let's take a look at this. Yoink. Yoink. There we go. Morning, brother. Hello, brother. I made a pot of Kool-Aid. You don't make a pot of Kool-Aid. Well, I did. Is it hot? Maybe, maybe not. It's hot, isn't it? Yeah. Hot Kool-Aid. I can put some ice in it if you like. Oh, no, I'm not thirsty. Brother! I'm not gonna drink it! I made this for you. No! Drink it! No! I want you to drink this! I'm not drinking it! Drink this right now or I'll pour it on the floor and I'll blame it on you! Oh, yeah, real mature. I made this for you! Now, why don't you grow up? I did! Because I love you! Well, I'm not gonna drink it. I hate you! That's all I ever hear anymore. Brother, try this. Brother, try that. Remember that? What was it? Cinnamon toast and, uh... What was it? Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise! That was a good idea. <laughs> you didn't make a single pound! I made a pound of cinnamon toast with mayonnaise. Uh, don't forget <laughs> Rocky Road and Tabasco, right? Yeah. What was that three hospitalized? That three women hospitalized. You drink this right now! Drink your own hot Kool-Aid. There's so much left of it. What am I going to do with all this hot Kool-Aid? Drink it! No! Yes! No! Brother. <laughs> yes. Please. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I like that. 
that is Julian Smith, who's a comic. That uh, this is a clip that I watched. I've probably personally seen this about eight thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> so we're praying this morning, and Sam gets this word from God that said, "I made this for you." Julian Smith says about the hot Kool-Aid, I made it because I love you. And we're praying about Frosty Fest, and he hears the words from God to his people, I made this for you. I made it because I love you. And I'm sitting there going, I love that God speaks in comedy videos to people. <laughs> I may have watched this a few times. As, as, Sam's, as Sam's talking about this, in my mind, it's going off going, this is, a, this is such a powerful thing. Because I believe that God made Frosty Fest for us. I believe that God created Frosty Fest for us. For Freedom House. So that we could learn what it was to be able to serve the city. And I believe he made it for the city. I believe he made it for the city as a way for them to be able to understand that the people of God, when they act in obedience and serve and love, can change the culture of a city. I believe that God, in his infinite wisdom, said, this is just obscure enough, and it is weird enough, and it's funny enough, and it's applicable enough, and it's relevant enough, that I'm going to birth this idea of a winter carnival, and the church is going to hear my voice and create something totally illogical for the city. The city didn't even really know that it needed a winter carnival. But the first year we did this, 7,000 people showed up to Frosty Fest. Let me show you a bit of this video of the context of the time that we created Frosty Fest. Take a look at this video. Oh, it didn't start at the right time. Sam, is it possible to skip to like about 10 minutes, 15 seconds? It was supposed to start then, but if you could do that, that'd be great. <laughs> if it's too small, then we'll just skip it. It's okay, I can explain it. I've heard, seen it a few times. One moment, please. So this is the video that the folks at Transform Our World produced uh, for Freedom House and uh, talking about the city of Brantford. So this is, if he gets it, and I believe he will, because he's very, very good at this. And he has glasses now, so he can see the small print. Is it going to work? Okay. takes a second. That's all right. Here we go. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> oh, you're there. there it is. There it is. Activities for you. There it is. So many different ways that they're becoming involved and really helping our city. As the one church served faithfully in small projects, Jamie, they were soon invited to participate in citywide events. One powerful example of this was Freedom House. Located a mere block away from the new public square, they chose to start serving their city. 
first event that we partnered with the church was an event called Frosty Fest, which was a winter carnival. And she came to us and said, we have a big new public square where everything used to be derelict. We have a brand new shiny square. Can you help us fill it? Of course we can. And she said, uh, what Jared's very like small there. Square is, a, is a winter carnival. Can you do a winter carnival? I said, of course we can. And I went back to my leadership team and said, there's 50 of us in the church. And I said, we're doing a winter carnival. And so we Googled winter carnival. And so we literally did it. I think almost 8,000 people uh, attended in the first year. And uh, two years ago at that event, the mayor stood up and called it the watershed moment of the downtown. But it didn't stop there. As Freedom House analyzed the culture, they realized that the felt need of the city and the missing link to transformation was kindness. And it began to make a real impact in the city. The Kindness Project seeks to uncover the untapped level of synergy in the community as a collective commitment to serving each other. It's people helping people with what we all have in our hands to give. Mr. Speaker, we hope together to make Brantford known as the kindest city in Canada. We started serving inside schools. You, you can... Excellent. Isn't that amazing? What, what's that? We all look a lot younger there, except you. I, I feel like you haven't aged and the rest of us have. Yeah, you're welcome. I, you know, I've seen that, I've seen that video. Oh, what's that? Oh, oh, thanks, Dave. Yeah, thanks for that. Kind of perfect. Perfect. I've seen this, this documentary that they produced uh, hundreds of times, and it still kind of gives me a little bit of goosebumps because, not a because of what we've done, because really all we did was listen to God. All we've done is just hear what God said and follow along. And Brian's been talking about in the last little while about parties and about how God loves a party. Are you on board with this? I've been thinking about this today, thinking about this in light of the fact that we're about to throw quite literally one of the biggest parties that the city has every year. This is one of the biggest attended events that the city of Brantford has each and every year. And when I stopped today and I thought, God, what do you want to remind us about parties today? I believe that the key to a good God party is very simple. It's showing up. The key to a good God party is just showing up, is actually saying, yes, I'm going to go to the party. Our God throws the best parties you can think of, and it's our job to go, yes, Lord, I'm going to show up to this party. I was thinking about a scripture that Brian shared a few weeks ago, and I wanted to highlight a different part of it than he highlighted. This is a scripture in Luke 14. So it's got good parts and bad parts in this scripture. It's a really neat scripture, though. In Luke 14, it says, Jesus replied with this story. The kingdom of God is like a man who arranged a great party and he sent out many invitations. Then the banquet was ready and he sent his servant to tell the guests, the party is ready. That sounds like a great thing, right? That is a thumbs up. That is a Facebook comment. You know, Jesus says, party is ready. Banquet is on. Who wants to come? Thumbs up, right? This is thumbs up on Facebook. But then they all began making excuses. One said, hey, listen, I just bought a field and I got to inspect the field. <laughs> One goes, excuse me, 
Another said, I have bought five pairs of oxen and I have to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, hey, listen, I got a wife now. <laughs> Guys, have you ever got married and not gone to a party because you have a wife now? Just so you know, that was the, I can't relate to the oxen comment, but I can relate to the wife comment. There are, there are times where we have parties that we're invited to and we say no because we've got stuff going on. All of a sudden, our life seems important. We just bought a house. Sorry, man. I got to go and I'm, I'm working on my bathtub tonight. I'm working on my, I'm painting my living room or whatever you in the house. You call Rhonda Voss Interiors and she helps you uh, decorate your house and you go, I got to hang a picture over here or something. And you go, no, I'm not coming to the party tonight. Sorry. Or you go, Listen, I can't afford to. I just bought a new ox. <laughs> I got to tame that ox. Can't come to your party. Or you go, I just found something better to do with my time. I can't come to your party. It's an interesting thing that God puts this up here in the, I set a party, and then people began making excuses that we still make today about whether we're going to show up for the party that God set. And then he says this, the servant returned to his master Sorry, the servant returned and told his master what they had said. The master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys, into the town, and invite the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported, There's still room for more. So his master said, Go out into the country lanes and go to the, the hedges and urge everyone to come so the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will even taste the smallest taste of my banquet. I reread that this week. In fact, he talked about it two weeks ago at church, and I haven't been able to get that picture out of my mind. Brian shared it under the proof that God throws parties, and he does. He throws parties, but then he pokes at us and says, you have to show up for the party for it to be a good party. You have to come. And then he says, I don't care if it's you or anybody else. Whoever comes is going to have a great time. If you don't come because you got a new ox or you got a new wife, you're missing out. And he says, for none of the first people I invited will even taste the smallest part of my banquet. That's actually a pretty, pretty cut and dry God mic throw down thing about are you going to come to my party or not? It's an amazing thing. We can miss the party and the rewards by not showing up. If God speaks to us about the things he wants to do and we don't show up, we miss the party. We miss it. And if you don't show up, he's going to use somebody else. If you're on for funnel cakes tomorrow and you don't show up, someone's going to make funnel cakes and they're going to enjoy the party and you're going to miss it staring at an ox. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. <laughs> there are times where we miss the party and the rewards of celebrating with the Lord for no good reason, just by not showing up. It doesn't require lots. It just requires saying, yes, Lord, and showing up and doing what we're called to do. And usually it's pretty easy and it always comes with incredible life. I read this this week. A church that doesn't reach out to its city isn't a church, it's a country club. <laughs> I read it this week and I thought, I love this. I love it. I love it. That's right. This is what Freedom House is all about. Ah! And then I realized that there's times where I don't act like that. There's moments in my life where I 
believe this to be true, but my body doesn't want to go out and serve the city. (laughs) There are times when I would rather deal with my house or my ox or my wife and just be home and not serve. Honest to goodness, I'm normal. But is it true? Is that true? So I was thinking about this this day in the day that we're about to go and serve our community. And I was thinking about ways that I can safeguard my life to be able to make sure that I function principally how I believe. I would love to be able to say that I function 100% of the time the way that I believe principally. Because there's times where I have fallen short of the glory of God. Anybody else sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? I have. But I was thinking about ways that on a weekend like Frosty Fest, when we're going to go and serve and function in this. We, we are. We're functioning in this. And I'm so thrilled to say that we are. But what can I do in my life to be able to make sure that I live like this? And I think that the answer is a yes, no, and a maybe. I think there's a yes and a no and a maybe that can help me put safeguards in my life to make sure that I function principally like I believe that the scripture talks about how we should function as Christians. The yes is a great yes. The yes is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, yes, Lord, walking in the ways of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and your renown are the desire of our hearts. This is my favorite scripture. I have never had a tattoo. Chrissy tells me if I ever get in shape one day, I might be able to have a tattoo. (laughs) I'm not doing well. (laughs) If I was going to have a tattoo, this is the one thing that I would put as a tattoo. Yes, Lord, walking in your ways of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and your renown are the desire of our hearts. When we take this inside of us and we go, yes, your name and your fame are the reasons why I do stuff. Honestly, to me, something like this, when I get it, I get up in the morning and I go, I'm going to, tomorrow morning when I've got to be here at 8.30 for our volunteer call time to be able to make sure that we have time to pray and that kind of thing. I am going to remember this scripture because I believe that God's name and fame need to be prominent in my life. And I have to say, yes, Lord, walking in your laws. I wait for you eagerly because your name and your fame are the desire of my souls. And I like that it says, yes, Lord, at the beginning of it, because that to me tells me that you have to choose to say yes. (laughs) Have you ever had to choose to say yes to something because you know it's right? I like it because the scripture says, yes, Lord, walking in your ways, I eagerly wait for you. Your name and renown, your name and fame are the desire of my souls. uh, Sorry, the desire of my heart. Yes, Lord. I think there's a no. The scripture that says no in 1 Corinthians 9, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself won't be disqualified for the prize. I prayed this this morning with our volunteer team. There are going to be moments throughout this next weekend where you are going to want to walk away and go, I'm tired. My ox needs food. My wife is bugging me. I have to go do stuff. And we have to remember to beat our bodies and make them our slaves. There are times when our flesh is going to cry out for something that isn't of God. And to me, this is not just a sin verse. This is a, our flesh is going to cry out for ease sometimes. 
Our flesh is going to cry out for the soft things sometimes. When we need to be able to go, no, Lord, you've called me to something. I'm going to choose to do it. There are too many times where our flesh overtakes this. And we need to say, no. I love this scripture because it starts with a no. An emphatic no. 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 Hey, wait a second. No. I beat my body and I make it my slave. So that after I preach to others, I don't get disqualified for the prize. There's times when we go and we preach to other people. Where we go and run the snow slide or the funnel cake or pray for people. And our heart isn't right. And maybe good things happen out of it. You know that there are times when you do good things for God. You actually do good things. And people go, yeah, yeah, that's, that's really good. But your heart isn't right. And so the rewards don't happen. And you're not actually dining at this banquet table that's been set before us. We're not really at the party. And beating our body and making it our slave so that we don't be disqualified for the prize for which we're functioning is so important. And in a church like Freedom House where we serve, honestly, this no is as important as the yes. And then there's a maybe. There's a maybe that's really important too. The maybe says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. I don't think there's a scripture that freaks me out more than this one. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of scriptures that could freak out a guy, but I don't think that there is one that freaks me out more than this one. This is one that I, I think about a lot, especially in times when I'm serving, especially in times when I'm going and I'm going from sunup to sundown, especially in those times. Am I doing it because I'm in love with Jesus? Am I doing it because I love him and I love other people? Love God, love others, the rest is gravy. Am I doing it because of that? Or am I lukewarm and going through the motions? I think that the yes of your name and your renown are the desire of our souls. The no of I beat my body and I make it my slave. And the maybe of make sure you don't find yourself in the lukewarm place are so important. It's the desire, the discipline, and the don't be dumb of how do you serve people. <laughs> you see what I did there, Nikki? The desire, the discipline, and the don't be dumb. I think it's so, so important. Let me share a quick story for you. I'm going to share a, quick, a few stories tonight. One that you may have heard and one that you haven't. Unless you're a, uh, a regular viewer of Rogers TV. Anybody? No, probably not. No, okay, good. About a year ago, the folks from the Millennial Network uh, in town, um, they did a thing called Blue Monday. Blue Monday is uh, the... Second Monday of January? Is that third Monday of January? Um, mental health advocates have kind of dubbed this day uh, Blue Monday because it is the most depressing day of the year, they say. There are more people that harm themselves um, than any other day of the year because it's dark, it's cold, Christmas is done, it's a long way till spring, and for whatever reason, they've dubbed this day Blue Monday. And uh, the folks from the Millennial Network in town did a show on Rogers um, they called Kickback. And they did a 12-hour Rogers-a-thon where they brought people on to talk about mental health and about essentially just encourage people, saying if you're down and you're depressed, there's somebody here for you. 
somebody local, and they were they uh, were talking about these things. Uh, Nikki was a guest on it because Nikki's done an uh, incredible amount of work in the in the mental health community. And Nikki, honestly, she's a she's a rock star when it comes to this because there's been stuff where she's had to walk through it as a as a, as a parent and that kind of thing. And they asked me if I would I would be a part of it. And I'm like. I don't really want to be a part of this, to be honest, because you know I don't I don't really want to talk about about this. You know, like when you talk about it, it's embarrassing a little bit. But I had just gone through something in the previous year where I had failed at the no, I had fallen into the maybe, and I wasn't believing the yes. So let me share with you my my worst day of ministry that I've ever had. I wasn't going to share this. I was toying with it, but I feel like I'm supposed to. It was a Tuesday about two years ago, actually more than two years ago now. I had been dealing with, some of you uh, know I've shared this with you, but even though I am an extrovert in a lot of ways and I speak, I speak in public in a lot of different scenarios, I'm a, I'm, a pretty, I'm a pretty solid introvert. I'm a pretty private guy. Um, and, and I keep a lot of stuff to, to myself. Um, and I had been dealing with a degree of anxiety for, uh, for some time that I hadn't shared with anybody. And I had been dealing with it myself and just taking it on myself and, and thinking, I can power through this, I can power through this. And there were days where I would come out on a Sunday and it was very difficult for me to come out on a Sunday. On a fusion night one night, I, I snapped. I was in the office over there and uh, we were getting ready for fusion. The family was here. Jared was getting ready to do worship up here. And, and uh, Chrissy, my wife, who I, I had begun to share this stuff with her, and, and I texted her. I was in the office in the dark going, I can't, come out. I can't get out here. I can't get out of the office. I, I, can't, I can't come out with everybody. And she was telling me, get out. <laughs> get out. Get out. Get out of there and get into the light. Get into the light. And, uh, and Nikki showed up in the office, and I was not very pleasant to Nikki. I will admit that that, mo- that moment she came in and she had no idea, you know, why I was sitting in the dark. And I'm like, hey, just, just, just get out. Go, go, just go. And I, and I left that night, and I chose not to beat my body and make it my slave. And I knew that I had a chance to. And I chose not to go, God, your name and your renown are the desire of my soul. And I chose to function below what I knew that I could function in. And I left that night before Fusion, and I walked home from here. It was raining that night, so I walked home in the rain. My ankles are really bad. I twisted my ankle as I'm walking home. I fell in a mud puddle, and I limped home in the rain, walking away from a worship service, and I thought to myself, hmm, I better deal with this. (laughs) I tell you the story just to tell you that I don't say this from a haughty place of success. I share this with you saying that I know that we all have struggles with this. But the yes of God, your name and your renown or the desire of my souls need to be the cry of our hearts. The no of I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I don't get disqualified for the prize. And the maybe of... I don't want to be lukewarm because you spit me out. I want to be a part of the wonderful freedom and the wonderful banquet that he sets before us right in front of our enemies, the Bible says. 
This is what I deeply, deeply, deeply desire. And I tell you this because we are going to struggle with some of those things sometimes. And we have to remember that we can say yes, that we can say no, and we can move way away from the lukewarm maybe. We can do this. We can do this. This is St. Peter. I don't know why St. Peter is the cartoon guy that keeps everybody uh, out of the, uh, the, it lets people in and out of the gates. There's no way you're getting in here with that mustache. He said, I thought that was the funniest St. Peter comic I could find. So what Peter says is, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's what Peter says. He wants everyone to be saved. He wants everybody to be saved. When I was thinking about today, the song that came into my head was an old hymn that said, when we all get to heaven. Does anybody know it? Hang on. Are you ready? Give me a knee slap, Nikki. Okay, give me a knee slap on three. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing. Come on, don't leave me hanging. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Victory! Yeah, that's what the youth would say in the front row. It's an old hymn. It's an old hymn written by a lady who had struggles. This is written by a lady in the 1800s who was a Sunday school teacher who was also a teacher in an elementary school. And she went to school one day and a kid took a slate and smashed it against her back. Indeed. I guess our public schools are not, it's, it's, it's not a new thing. Smash it against her back and she dealt with back issues, crippling back issues for a good chunk of her life. And she perse- uh, persevered through and wrote this incredible song and became like a longtime teacher and Sunday school teacher. But I was thinking about this today, thinking about the party that we're going to throw for the kingdom. And I was reminded that there's a party we're invited to, but it's not a private party. This is not a private party we're invited to. This party that we're throwing this weekend as a representation of how good God is, we're throwing this party for the city because we want to show how good God is. We want to show God's love in practical ways. We want to be able to be there fully. Does anybody else want to be there fully in this party? I want to invite people fully too. I want to be able to be in that place where we just invite people to be able to go and taste this incredible thing that God set before us. I'm going to share one more story and then we're going to pray. Some of you may have heard this, but I think some of you haven't. And it's it's the most incredible thing I think I've ever been a part of. And I think it's applicable today. Because all we really need to do to throw a good God party is show up to the things he sets up for us. That's all we have to do. So a couple of years ago, I got a call from a pastor in Minnesota, um, from a, um, like a suburb of Minnesota, um, of, of, of Minneapolis. It's called Inver Grove Heights or something like that, sort of a uh, more affluent suburb of Minneapolis. And the guy had seen our transformation video and had asked if Captain Kindness could come to help with this outreach that this church was doing. And I said... Yeah, I mean, I sure can. Like, you could just buy yourself a superhero costume and make a Captain Kindness of your own if you wanted to. It would be a whole lot cheaper than flying me into Minnesota for a day. But sure, if you want to, I guess I can do that. And he says, no, we we want you to come. 
And so I got on a plane and I went to this, this suburb of Minneapolis. I didn't really know much uh, about what I was doing aside from the church was doing some kind of kindness-related outreach and they wanted me to be there. So uh, the youth pastor guy picked me up at the airport and we were making small talk on the way from the Minneapolis airport to this church. And the guy was a, an Assemblies of God pastor. And uh, so that's for those of you who are not uh, denominationally... Uh, spectrumed, I guess. This is sort of a, a, a Pentecostal church. And uh, so he takes me to the front lawn of this big, giant Catholic church. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. And uh, I got out, and we were a little bit late, so I didn't have a lot of time to sort of, typically when you go places, you sort of want to try and get the lay of the land and try and figure out what it is you're doing. But I didn't have much time to do that because they were about to start this, this community outreach thing. And so I went into the church and put on my Captain Kindness costume, and I came out, and I started walking around with a cape, and I go, hello, kids, <laughs> you know, doing the Captain Kindness monkey dance that I've become quite accustomed to in my life. And, and I realized all of a sudden that in this, what I was going to assume may be wrong, in fact, as it turns out it was wrong, was a, a fairly white suburb of Minneapolis, because you think about Minneapolis and you think it's a fairly, fairly Caucasian city. Well, almost every family that were there were Mexicans. Like, I didn't, I, for, for whatever reason, I guess I didn't really expect this. And I, I pulled the pastor aside, I'd met him once, and he said, listen, tell me what's going on here. Like, what am I looking at here? There are thousands of Mexican families on the front lawn of a Catholic church, and you're an Assemblies of God pastor. There's a backstory here somewhere. Tell me what your backstory is. He goes, oh, I didn't tell you. And he goes, no, tell me the story. And he goes, well, here's what happened. He said, for years, this Assemblies of God church had been doing this outreach for the community. They had been doing a backpack, stuffing backpacks and giving it away uh, to people on the lower end of the economic spectrum in their community. And it's something that uh, we've got a group that does it here in Brantford. And it was, uh, as well, it's a really powerful thing. Well, the church had partnered for over 10 years with the police department. And the police department had contacted, um, like, social services and that kind of thing. And they had found the families that were on the lower end of the economic spectrum and invited them uh, however many backpacks they were going to be able to have uh, to come to the church. And it was a inflatables and free hot dogs and ice cream and that kind of thing, not unlike the kind of stuff that we would do uh, here at Freedom House. <clears throat> and they had done this for a decade. And then he watched the transformation video about Brantford. And God started to mess with his life. <laughs> and he started to be believe that he should probably reach out to other churches and other denominations. And he's like, oh, come on, God, don't do this to me. And he felt like God say, I want you to reach out to the Catholic church in town. He's like, but God, I don't know the Catholic church in town. We don't, we don't talk. Like, we don't, we don't run in the same circles. I'm a Pentecostal guy, and that's the Catholic priest, and this isn't really, you know. And God said, I don't care. Reach out to the Catholic church. And so he obediently reached out to the Catholic church. And he went to Father whatever his name is, and, and, and the priest he goes to the priest, and the pastor says, hey, listen, we've done this outreach for a lot of years. And we serve the community right, you know, in mid-August before they go back to school. And we give them backpacks and we bless the people that are on the low end of the economic spectrum. And, and we've done this for years as our church. 
would you be up for partnering? Like, we'd love to be able to find a way to be able to show that the churches can function together in unity. And the priest goes, oh, okay. I mean, he goes, yeah, I guess we could. But we'd have to do it at our church. And we'd have, everyone would have to wear the T-shirts from our church. And uh, I would have to give uh, the talk from the stage and we would have to only give away the literature from our church. And the pastor went, that's a great idea. <laughs> All of a sudden going, this is like, this was the precious thing. This would be as if, as if we went and we went to another group and we said, let's do Frosty Fest together. And they go, perfect. But we'll just have to do it over at our church. And, uh, and we'll, it'll all be about us. And so the pastor went, okay. Feel like I'm supposed to do this, so let's do it. Let's light it up. Let's go to St. Patrick's. And so they did it. So the night before this big outreach, they showed up at the church and they got together in the church gym. And he said it was like a high school dance all the Protestants on one side and all the Catholics on the other side. And in the middle stood the priest and the pastor looking at their two groups stuffing backpacks to serve the city on opposite ends of the church gym. And they looked at each other going, oh, geez, how is this going to go? And they started talking. So the pastor says to the priest, and it sounds like a really bad joke, but it, uh, this is a real. So the pastor says, well, he said, the Hispanic community is really excited about tomorrow. And the priest goes, what are you talking about? You invited the immigrants? Quote. <laughs> and the pastor went, um, well, yes, yes. And as it turns out, this suburb of Minneapolis has a disproportionately large of Mexican immigrants that have settled in this specific place and had a pretty robust Mexican community there. And the pastor says, well, yeah, I mean, we invite people on the lower end and many are immigrants and they're on the lower end and many are from Mexico. Yeah. So he said, and the priest goes, well, this can't happen. He said, there are no Mexicans in our parish at all. Not a single one. In fact, many of them fled Mexico because of persecution that they felt under the Catholic Church. And so they're running to Inver Hills, Minnesota to get away from us. They go, they can't come to our church tomorrow. And the pastor goes, well, they're coming tomorrow, so you better get yourself ready. And so I bet that was quite a night for the priest. And he's telling me this story as I'm standing in the middle of watching, quite literally, Thousands of families playing soccer on the front lawn of this church. And the volunteers from this Catholic church are serving them ice cream, and hot dogs, and letting them bounce on bouncy castles. And I'm sitting there watching denominational lines being destroyed. I'm sitting there watching cultural lines being destroyed over ice cream and bouncy castles. <laughs> And silly little nonsense that is simply obedience. I, I, when I tell this story now, when I think about it, my eyes begin to leak. And I, I watched the priest get up on this truck, and he didn't know what to say. <laughs> he couldn't put into words the power that he was watching just ooze and permeate through this crowd. Through simple obedience simple things and people that just simply showed up for a party that God ordered. He ordered a party. 
he ordered a banquet. People of faith and prophetic ears listened to what the Holy Spirit was saying and went and did it. People who said, Lord, your name and renown are the desire of my soul. A pastor that had the courage to be able to go, it's not about me and my church. Lord, your name and your renown are the desire of my soul. Where this unity, God commands his blessing. I'm going to say yes to God and I'm going to let him take care of the miracles. This is a pastor that said, no, I beat my body and I make it my slave. And I talk with him after and it was hard for him. It was hard for him to beat his body and make it his, his, his slave. It was not easy because this is something that he was, it was very precious to his congregation. If you've ever done anything in a business setting or in a church setting and it's something precious that God rises up inside of you to give it to somebody else that doesn't see the value in it, that's hard. It takes beating his body and making it his, his slave. And because he said the yes, because he did the no, he wasn't functioning in the maybe. This guy was believing that God was going to do something good, and he did a miracle. And in a nation that right now is, is, is on fire with racial tension, I can point to Inver Heights, Minnesota, as a community that still functions together with the Hispanic community and the Catholic community and the Pentecostal community to every year serve one another. I can still point to it, and I look and go, God is good all the time. God is good all the time. He's good all the time. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will continuously be in my mouth. So I believe that God wants to do miracles this Frosty Fest weekend. I don't know what miracles he wants to do. I do not have the answer of what miracles he wants to do. But I believe he wants to do the miraculous because the elements are there. People that say, Lord, your name is great. People that say, Lord, I will serve you. I'll choose to serve you. No, I'll beat my body. People that will choose to show up for the party and go, I'm going to show up. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to show up. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to say yes. All the elements are there for God to do the miraculous in our downtown. Right. So I want to invite you to stand up. And we're going to take five minutes, whatever, and we're going to pray for, our, for this, this festival. We're going to uh, believe in faith that God wants to do the incredible because this is about all of us getting to heaven. This is about that none should perish. This is about a party that everybody is invited to, not just us. We are not a country club. <laughs> we are not a country club. Lord Jesus, come on, just engage your spirit for a minute here. Just engage your spirit. Lord, we say today, Heavenly Father, that we believe that you're going to do the miraculous here on the streets this weekend. You're going to do the miraculous on the streets. Lord, we don't get to say what your miracles are going to be, but Heavenly Father, we ask for healing. We don't know what the healing is going to be, but Lord, it, it could be racial healing. It could be physical healing. It could be emotional healing. It could be healing for, for uh, people that have long since um, uh, given up on the church caring, Heavenly Father. We, I don't know all the situations. We do not know. But Lord, we say that you are a great God. You are a great God. You are great and you are greatly to be praised in Jesus' name. We choose to bless you today. We choose to bless you. Heavenly Father, every funnel cake 
That's sold. We just anoint in Jesus' name. Every Mars bar, every can of pop, every hot dog, every bag of popcorn in Jesus' name, we just pray be blessed and anointed in Jesus' name. We pray every bouncing, uh, every time a kid bounces on a bouncy castle, we just ask for the Holy Spirit to be over top of that kid. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, every time a flyer is given out by one of our greeters, in Jesus' name, we just ask for a Holy Spirit interaction. Heavenly Father, we don't know we don't know Why just engage your spirit for another few minutes just raise your raise your voice raise your voice raise your voice raise your voice come on for another couple minutes I'm not going to pray anything just engage your spirit and just begin to pray just begin to pray Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. Like you said in Luke, Lord, come, the party is ready. We just invite people to come and enjoy the party that you've set before. Heavenly Father, I pray that you you bless the, uh, the folks that are volunteering this weekend. Lord, I pray for Holy Spirit, um, individual Holy Spirit encounters this weekend. Individual Holy Spirit encounters. We love you, Lord. We believe this is going to be a great weekend because you ordered this party, and uh, who better? Let's pray this today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.